If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Graduates, Mr. President, faculty members, friends, and families of the graduates who have done so much and sacrificed so much to make this possible. Today is the greatest day of my life, and Mr. President, you certainly helped to make it that way. I appreciate it so much to get to come here and talk to our graduating class at the Ohio State University, the great, great university that you and I have. And if I don't do a good job today, it'll be because I clutched. And you don't very often do that in a contest. But I am so grateful and so appreciative to be here today. I can't just tell you how much. I would like to start out with something that I use in almost every speech, and that is paying forward. Paying forward. And that is the thing that you folks with your great education from here can do for the rest of your life. I was so happy the other day when I saw in the paper about Jim Lachey, who played here a year ago, 
and comes back after one year of professional football to give a gift to the university in six figures, in six figures. And what he said was, I received a great education here, and I got to play great football under Coach Bruce and under a great football system here. And he said, I want to help some other youngster to do the same thing. And if you take that attitude toward life, that you're going to pay forward, because so seldom can we pay back, because those whom you owe your parents and those people will be gone. But you do want to pay. Emerson had something to say about that. He said, you can pay back only seldom. But he said, you can always pay forward, and you must pay line for line, deed for deed, and cent for cent. He said, beware of too much good accumulating in your palm, or it will fast corrupt. That was Emerson's attitude, and no one put it better than he did. And I might mention a couple of people. Jim Lachey is one who's already paying forward. Two weeks ago in Michigan, a former football player of ours at New Philadelphia passed away in his 60s. He had been in the, in the Marine Corps during the war, and on Okinawa, there were only 30 from his outfit that survived. And actually, that made a difference on him because he came back to coaching. He was a great coach. His name was Jack Castignola. He sent his son here as one of our quarterbacks. And Jack Castignola won nine championships, undefeated season and all that, but he did something bigger. Of a hundred, and he had on his squad football players, 126 players that went on to college. 126 players that went on to college, and that was his way of paying forward, paying forward. We had a great dean of agriculture here by the name of Roy Cotman, who retired a couple of years ago, and on his retirement, he and I were having lunch one day in the faculty club, and I said, Roy, how'd you happen to go to Iowa State? Oh, he said, I was working back during the Depression for a dollar and a half a day pumping gas, and I couldn't save any money. But he said, an old man in that community in Iowa came to me and said, Roy, if you'll go to Iowa State, I'll pay your tuition. So he said, I went to Iowa State, worked from a room on the board, graduated, went into service, came back, got my master's, my doctor, went to West Virginia as dean of their ag college, and then he said, I came to Ohio State, and he was here 23 years. And in those 23 years, he virtually doubled food production in Ohio. On top of that, he graduated thousands of youngsters. On top of that, he helped to feed hungry mouths all over the world, all because that old man back in Iowa said, Roy, if you'll go to Iowa State, I'll pay your tuition. That's paying forward. You know, I might give you a little advice today. I'll try not too much, but a little bit. One thing you cannot afford ever to do, that's to feel sorry for yourself. You can't do it. You cannot feel sorry for yourself because that's what leads to drugs, what leads to alcohol, and those things that tear you apart. And in football, we always said this, hell, that other team can't beat us. 
we got to make sure we don't beat ourselves. And that's what a person has to do, too. Make sure that they don't beat themselves. And it takes an awful big man to beat you. And so many times you found here at the university, I found it all the way through college and everything else, I found people smarter than I was. So you, I found them in football bigger that could run faster, could block harder. They were smarter people than I. But you know what they couldn't do? They couldn't outwork me. They couldn't outwork me. And I'd get in, I ran into coaches I coached against who had a much better background than I did. Knew a lot more football than I did, but they couldn't work as long as I could. They couldn't stick in there as long as I could. Because my health was good, I was given good health. I had a wonderful wife who'd put up with that. She'd allow me to stay and work. And I had great, great association with my coaches. There was no one ever had better people than I did, or better football players. And we outworked them. The only way we'd get beat if we got a little fat-headed, if we didn't train right, if we had dissension on the squad, if we didn't recognize our purpose in life, those are the people you win with. Now, Mr. Bartholo, excuse me for ending that sentence with a preposition. <laughs> Mr. Bartholo in junior high was my history and English teacher. Guess what I majored in when I went to college? <laughs> history and English. He was the best teacher I ever had, and I'm so honored to have him here today and to have my sister and my wife and those people here. Just the same as you're happy to have your parents here today who've meant so much to you. Because that family life is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Last summer I was up at Worthington Steel at a big party. And they got me a chair and they set me down. And here 11 of our former football players lined up there. And I took a look at all of them. And you know what they all had in common? They had all been married once once and they all had children by that wife and you know where most of those wives came from right here at this great university right here but that is so important you find men who are successful get married and stay married to that lady they stay right there I worry about people getting married later. That's one of her problems. And I talk to girls, and they say, well, I don't think I want to have children. You know what I say to them? How did you get here? <laughs> but that family is so enormously important. I'm going to tell a story I shouldn't tell. But I'm going to tell it about the greatest graduate in your university right now, right now, about a Rhodes Scholar winner, Mike Lanise. I asked his mother over a week ago, I said, when did you realize this young man was going to be outstanding? 
She said, when I was carrying him. And she said, when I tell them that, tell people when I was carrying him, they laugh. They don't laugh now. They don't laugh now. I talked to his dad. I said, when did you know he's going to be a great athlete? He said, well, by the time he's in the seventh grade, he was coming along physically. You could tell he was going to be a good one. But he said, I found out something else when he was in the seventh grade. He said, I found out he was listening to his coaching instruction and the instruction we gave him. There's your good family. As I say, with good people, and this goes all the way back to my grandmother and right on down the line. She didn't tell my dad, now you go to the study table. No, no. She said, I'll meet you at the study table. And that's where your good parents and your good teachers. Hell, they're talking now about uh, all of this tutoring you need for athletes and all that. We were doing that 35 years ago. Sure, because I didn't send those football players to the study table. I met them at the study table. And I could tutor history as well as anybody, thanks to that man up there. Yeah, but it could. But when you deal with youngsters, when you get into jobs of any kind, don't send people to do it. Meet them there and help them do it, and you'll be amazed how it works. Yeah. And the other thing I mentioned, don't forget you can outwork anybody. Try it. You'll find out you can do it. You know, in football, we do learn some wonderful, wonderful things. And one of them is this. When you get knocked down, which is plenty often, you get knocked, if you get right up in a hurry, just as quickly as you can. Then number two, do you know what you do? You probably need more strength. You know where you get it? You get it in the huddle. You get it by going back and getting a new play and running that same play together. That together is the thing that gives you the buildup to get ready to go again. And in your lifetime, how well you can work with people will depend on how quickly you get back to them and get together. And number third in football, you find out there's nothing comes easy that's worth a dime. There's nothing comes easy that's worth a dime. As a matter of fact, I never saw a football player make a tackle with a smile on his face. Never. All right, there's one more thing I want to get into, and then I'll let you get graduated here. I know you want to do that. That's what you came to college for. That's what your parents sent you to college. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Bartholow, again for that dangling preposition. <laughs> but we've had a great, great heritage. And so many times we've been so lucky you can't believe it. The odds against us were unbelievable. The Battle of Salamis, 500 years before the birth of Christ, back in Greece, in which the Persians were there to conquer Greece, had burned Athens down. The old men and old women and the children were over on the, on the beachhead at Salamis. 
and the Persians came in to whip them, but the Greeks had been getting ready for 10 years. They had discovered silver on Mount Larium, and they'd taken that silver to help them make good ships, small ships that could move, and they coaxed, they mousetrapped those Persians into the Bay of Salamis, and then they attacked them with their metal, with their metal prows on their ships. They busted into them. The Persians couldn't get out of the way. They were too awkward in their big troop-carrying ships. And in one day, they sank the Persian fleet and drove it out of the Gulf and all the way back to Persia. They drove them back. And then the Greeks got busy. And you know what they did? They went over and rebuilt their city and decided they needed a new type of government. Then they even had a name for it, Demos Kratos. Did you ever hear of Demos Kratos? People rule. People rule. That was the beginning of democracy. Right there on the Bay of Salamis is where we got this great thing we have today. To give you an appreciation of this Demos Kratos here, a few years ago, the mayor of Stuttgart, Germany was here, and I interviewed him on television down here. He was the son of the great general during the war, Rommel. And I said to him, I said, did your father agree with Hitler's order to stop on May 24, 1940, when he was within 40 miles of the English Channel? And he said, wait a minute, coach. He said, there's something you're not thinking about. He said, my father did not have choices at all. He said, he lived in a dictatorship. He said, I live in a democracy and you live in the greatest in the world, the greatest democracy. He says, you and everyone else in your country has choices and decisions to make almost every day of their life. He said, my father didn't. And that night when I got home, I started wondering why he became so upset. And then I got to thinking, what was the last decision his father made on this earth? And the decision was to take the poison pill and die so that this boy and his mother could live. And that makes you appreciate democracy when you look at it that way. And you do have great, great decisions to make every day of your life. And at Salamis, it all started with Demos Kratos when they drove those doggone Persians back to where they belonged. All right, the next one is much more recent. It's referred to yet as a miracle. The miracle of Midway. <coughs> Underdogs, you can't believe it. But let me tell you about it quickly. Underdogs, the Japanese had eight battleships in the area. We had eight, but all of ours were in the mud back at Pearl Harbor. This was six months after Pearl Harbor. They're all in the mud. The Japanese had 14 cruisers. We had five heavy cruisers. They had 45 destroyers. We had 15. They had a whole flotilla of submarines there. They had eight admirals in the area. We had two. And one of them was a substitute. 
Yet that substitute made two of the great decisions that were ever made in combat. Because what he did, he sent his planes off early. Oh, but let me tell you a little something else about this. Intelligence, yes, it was there. We had broken our Japanese code, the purple code, the diplomatic code, and we knew where they were coming. At least Admiral Nimitz at Pearl knew. In Washington, nah, they didn't know. They got mousetrapped like they did at Pearl Harbor six months before. But Admiral Nimitz knew he had a great man, a Commander Roquefort, who was his intelligence officer, who had spent three years in Japan before the war studying their language, and now he broke their language code. He broke it, and we knew they were coming to Midway. So the great advantage that Admiral Spruance, a substitute, had, he sent his planes off early because he knew the Japs were going for another strike on Midway and he hit their carriers when they had gasoline hoses all over the decks and land bombs were there and everything else was on the decks. And mind you, you can't believe this, but this is true. At 10.30, the Japanese were winning the war. At 10.36, they had lost it. Three carriers, the Kaga, the Akagi, and the Soryu were sunk in six minutes. They didn't go down the next day, but they were mortally wounded. They had all these gasoline hoses on the desk, and I asked Ensign George Gay, who's in the water for 30 hours, his torpedo squadron, every plane. He was the only one survived. And he told me, he said, I had to hold my eye open to see the battle. My, right, my left eye was burned shut, but he said, I hold my left one open with my two hands, my right one open, and I watched the battle. I said, well, was this cargo as bad? He said, hell, Woody, he said, by, by that afternoon, he said, that darn thing was burning from stem to stern. Yeah, he said, we had hit him. You know why they hit it? Teamwork. Because George Gay and torpedo squads and seven, eight, nine went in there and worked practically totally decimated. Never got a strike on those carriers. But you know what they did? They brought the air umbrella, the Japanese Zeros down that came down to hit them. And when they came down to hit them, then our high-level bombers came over, and in six minutes, that's what happened. The thing that is so amazing about that is that those four ships that I mentioned and two more, the Shōkoku and the Zuikoku, they had been knocked out at Coral Sea when the Japanese were trying to take Australia, and we kept them from doing it. And those two, and the four whom I mentioned, Kaga, Akagi, and, Her and Heryu and Soryu, those six ships, you know who they were? Unbelievably. They were the six that had raided Pearl Harbor six months before, before war was declared. Now, and those ships turned it around. It took us three more years in the Pacific. To win the war, Harry Truman had to use the atom bomb to save a million of our lives, of our servicemen, and a million Japanese lives. You may have heard other opinions about that, but the truth is that he sat down 
with great men, and he came to the conclusion he had to use it to save our lives, and he did. I never voted for Harry Truman, but I fought for him, and I think he was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful great man. Yeah. But all of those things happened behind us. Our problems are before us. Russia sure is a problem. How'd they get that way? Believe it or not, Russia came, that communism came right out of the First World War directly. The German general staff put Lenin into Russia to start that revolution. That's exactly the way it started. Now half the world is enslaved by communism. The atom bomb, our other problem, it came out of Germany too. It came out of the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute. A little Jewish lady brought that to us. We had it for two years and a half and never started to build it until it looked like Hitler was going to win in 42. And that's when we started to build that atom bomb. But it's problems in the world today. You'd say, well, if you didn't drop it, the Russians wouldn't have known. Oh, yes, they already knew about it. Intelligence, that's an interesting story, too. But all of those are problems. These wars always bring, bring bigger problems than they settle. We can't have that. And yet it's up to us to have such a good democracy that those people want it too. Because right now the communists expect one thing. You should know this. He expects to conquer the world. He expects to conquer the world. And they're tough people. They're just as tough as they can be. And yet we've got to live lives that are better than theirs. There are problems whenever you try to help them. If you give them food, they'll end up with a bigger army. If you give them technical devices, they'll use it against the thing they want worst of all right now is what we know so well as computer. Oh, they'd love to have our computers. They'd just love to have them. We can't let them have them. And we're going to have to work out probably through another generation to get this thing ever completely settled, if it ever will be. But that's a job that will be in your future. I'm going to tell you one little story, how education helps on this. Two years ago, I was down speaking at Georgia, and the, uh, one of my former football captains was there, and he brought his family for breakfast with me. He had a daughter that had been to a girl's school, and the next year was going to go to the University of Georgia. And you know what she's going to do? She's a pianist. She was going to worked for two years and study Russian composers. Then she was going to, for two years, study the Russian language. And then on top of that, she was going to study TV communication so she can go to Russia. I think she'll be as fine as ambassador as we can have there, because she was a lovely, lovely young lady. Things like that, work like that, decisions like that, will help to change this and make it a better, better world. And I have no idea but what you have the attitude and the capacity and the ability here to go on from here and help to make this a greater, greater world. And Godspeed in the meantime to all of you. Thank you very much.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.